Off the ball. He's an absolute rascal. He sits there with a hand grenade, and every time there's a, there's a lull in the conversation, he just gets one out and lobs it in. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. Conal Gilligan, Derry are back-to-back Ulster champions. What did you make of the game? Yeah, it's got a nice ring to it. Look, I think the game probably tactically was very, very difficult for supporters to watch because for long periods it was possession based and and nobody was giving it away because it was so hard to get back. So um, probably not the greatest game early on for the for the neutral, but like it was in Thrawn, you couldn't take your eyes off at the individual battles, the matchups, who was picking up who. Um, but I think as the game wore on, the intensity and as well as the energy and then the excitement of what pursued, you know, I think it was a brilliant Ulster final in comparison to probably what you've had in other provinces. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, the Ulster Championship is something else. It's one of my favourite days to cover. If I'm being honest, I, I always say it. And, like, you see the crowd here today and then they fill the pitch afterwards. You know, it is something special. It is. And if you're in the town of Clonus and there was three, four, five thousand people on the main street and you couldn't get through it and the colour and the noise and the energy and, and both teams mad, desperate to win it. And I think it's just really just shows what's special about provincial championships whenever teams are, are are even and both teams have a chance of winning and I think that's where it gets you know really exciting and we had the two best teams in Ulster going at it today that was important too yeah well look you know definitely within Derry and Armagh probably the most two informed teams if not the best yeah. but they're the two teams that sort of showed the form um, coming into the final and I think they probably did serve up a really good game uh, I think probably the individual performance of Rian O'Neill and Armagh and obviously then maybe Brenton Rogers and, and then Shane McGuigan just in extra time and a normal time whenever things look to be in a very difficult position for him to pull something out of the jaws of defeat and extra time and it looked like there was no energy I just thought he was incredible his free kick from 50 metres never any doubt and just I thought his overall play coming out and catching a, a kick out in midfield stuff that you just want your players to, to do and do a wee bit extra and I just thought he was magnificent Oh he really was yeah absolutely and games like this finals Ulster finals it's all about fine margins Brennan Rogers, that goal in the first half we look at it now was probably one, one of the big changing points in the game I spoke to him there he said he didn't mean it but look he got a bit of luck yeah look it was that stage of the game where Derry held a lot of possession but they didn't get enough on the scoreboard they got the goal that gave them the platform then Armagh dominated the next 10-12 minutes and they got a couple of points but it didn't get them anywhere close to touch and it was it was extra time before Armagh had taken the lead for the first time you know on it didn't feel like that when you were at it but look Brenton Rogers' goal and then his two points were absolutely out of the top drawer and I thought he's continued on from last year I thought he's been excellent it looks like an out and out midfielder now uh, and, and you noticed it whenever he went off the energy levels of Derry dropped and when he came on again Derry were two points down and all of a sudden the game changed so he is that important to Derry now in other years they made a move to him out of midfield to Mark Green O'Neill but the, the trust the players around them now and he adds serious legs going forward Yeah he kicked that one too early on and then they made a switch of Kieran Macken on to him then and Kieran Macken was very much looking at him not looking at the ball he looked in his eyes for, for most of that second half especially as well Yeah and look Kieran Macken probably on it from the start would have been the, the expected matchup and, but the problem was that Kieran Macken through the championship had been a player that had driven Armagh forward he'd kicked numerous points of the outside to the left but when he's marking Brenton Rogers and tracking his every run he wasn't adding that going forward and I think probably Armagh missed that today because you know Charlie Oog was, was, had his hands full as well so I think from that perspective probably Derry 
played the games in their terms a wee bit more even though for long periods Armagh were the, the team that looked more likely to win Yeah it felt like Armagh found it hard to break down that defence and they almost had to take their shots from out of the, the scoring range Yeah well look they did and like their shot to score ratio would have been, been much less than Derry's you know and obviously the problem they had was that Derry set up a wee bit higher uh, and the, the shots weren't on and they they had to recycle it out and, and some of the points they did get yeah. were way out of where you would want your players scoring normally you know Ethan Rafferty hit a monster you know Rain O'Neill a couple and that was the difference that Armagh probably had to hit more shots from outside of what would be the normal scoring zone mm-hmm. We'll go to extra time then at one point Armagh were two points ahead and it looked like they had the momentum they were going to push on from there but Derry they just they just got right back into it yeah and look if you're looking at turning points in extra time whenever Jory Oakburns comes in on the line I think he had maybe Nugent in the side of him probably at that stage a fisted point looked good probably if it had been a wee bit more urgent it could have been in for a goal and that would have been curtains and that allowed Derry to live in the game a wee bit more and I thought that was probably such a big play another day it would have been perfect they'd have won by a point but probably today Armagh and Jarlie will look back at that and think well what if and and that's the unfortunate part for Armagh there's a lot of ifs buts and maybes uh, they had chances they didn't take them and once it comes to penalties in the lottery you know they just lost that one and again it's heartbreaking for them because it's a second penalty shootout that they've lost in a game that they were brilliant and you know they deserve so much more out of it but look football can be cruel and they've found that at the sharp edge twice now on, on probably two of the biggest days in, in their recent history Yeah it's so tough to, for them when I spoke to Kermagini as well just about that and he was mentioned about penalties that often it's a pressure thing like you could be an unbelievable penalty taker but when there's this crowd here and you're stepping off it, it, it almost can play on if you're able to handle that more than slotting the ball home yeah you can and like a lot of the stuff around penalties you know it's well known that the team that hits the first penalty statistically wins 65 or 66 percent of the time so they won the toss they got that right and they elect to put the main man Ryan O'Neill in for the penalty and you would have put your house on it look Lynch was brilliant in goals today he guessed right he saved it and while it was just one penalty it was Ryan O'Neill it was a talisman you could feel the energy drain from the Armagh supporters a wee bit there was a groan and you know really hard for the guys that missed penalties but look there's no easy way to, to lose an Ulster final mm-hmm. and then we saw Ethan Rafferty make a good save and then he came out and took a penalty himself very very tough for him you know to, to be in the goal and then to come out and take one as well yeah it is and look it's it's one of those things that you have to be very brave to put yourself up there and take a penalty and you spin the dice and some days it works for you and some days it doesn't um, but you have to give full credit to Oren Lynch some of the saves and I haven't seen them back but watching them live you know especially I think the one from Nugent where he has full reach I just thought he was the hero today and, and probably goalkeepers are the probably the only people that actually like the penalty shootouts because they're in a, a win-win situation. Mm. Warren Lynch, he's a player that even last year he had a bit of a tough time you know, coming towards the end of the championship and he's really came into his own now. He's really comfortable on the ball out, out the field and he's taken his scores when that wasn't as much the case last year but he's so young, he's at 21. Yeah, look, and, and I suppose people forget and because he's such a big physical presence yeah. that, that he is young and, mm. and like he comes from a, a lineage of famous lynches yeah. you know as as Gahar Kane wrote about during the week so like there's a certain amount of pressure in that when uncles and fathers have won Ulsters and all Ireland so you know but he handles it well he is a very very modest fella and you know look last year would have been hard on him because when you make mistakes at the very top end with social media and, and how things are now it's scrutinised to the nth degree and you know I think the way he's played all year has been brilliant mm-hmm. today probably in 
when he got his chance for the shot he screwed away left of the post or right of the post so um, it wasn't working then but once it got the extra time he's the sort of character that loves that you know he's the sort of character who would have reveled in wanting to be the hero and you know and he was and it was just incredible from a Derry perspective to see because as you said much maligned a really tough time I thought from kickouts and stuff today under pressure you know I thought he'd done very well again because it was a pretty heavy press at times whenever Armagh were really going after their kickouts and to mention as well Connor Glass their captain he went up and lifted the cup so inspirational all over the field I think he does a lot of the, the hard work the, the off the ball stuff the dirty work nearly but he, he always steps up especially in those dying minutes there even in that extra time that was the last 10 minutes he really stepped up yeah look he did and, and, and obviously penalty aside which you know was, yeah. was a brilliant penalty like it was literally <laughs> in the top corner where he told me he was going he went for the right top corner he said he was going low and hard to the left and he changed mind at the last second you know and, and, and what a great decision it was but look you, you can't overplay the significance of Conor Glass coming home from Australia you know before Conor Glass comes home from Australia Glenn as a club you know were pushing through minors but, but couldn't make the senior breakthrough and, and all of a sudden Conor Glass comes home they become a serious force in senior football winning their you know two championships in an Ulster club and then all of a sudden first year back Derry win Ulster now he's back to back Ulster winning captains and you know look he's a, he's a very very modest fella and you know for him to come home and this is what he came home for you know this was his dream and you know like he's living his dream every day and you know it just must be a, a very special place to be for, for everybody in the glass household at the moment Yeah I actually met his mum there um, I was standing beside her just as he was about to lift the cup and she turned to me and said that's my son and I was like oh my god you must be so proud and she's like so proud I can't believe it but something about Connor that always strikes me is that he never retaliates he gets a lot of attention because he's obviously a big name player but he never retaliates he always gets up and, and pushes on when you could easily you know retaliate in those situations but he's he has that I suppose temperament off the field as well yeah and look I think probably that's something he's learned he's been an underage star and you know probably in underage games you know he probably has been sent off a time or two you know and when he was really young and, and probably has found that and, and he is going to be targeted and he's always targeted you know not just because he's so talented but he's so big and you know if he does anything it always looks a whole lot worse because everybody around him is a lot smaller so look I think he's probably learned you know the lessons and he is the leader now and people take cues from him and when he's not looking for trouble they're not going looking for trouble and you know I thought today he laid the line brilliantly as you said he does a lot of the work unselfishly he gets to the top of the day and he protects it and you know today you know whenever it looked like Armagh were starting to break through the middle you know he was the man there putting in the last gasp tackles you don't really see it as much but like it's the sort of thing that managers and teams appreciate Did the best team win today? <sighs> that, that's a hard one I'd like to watch the game back you know for long yeah. periods I thought Armagh were very effective in how they played and how they set up I thought tactically they got most things right like at the start of the match Rain O'Neill picked up uh, Paul Cassidy and all of a sudden it meant that Derry didn't get their matchups properly right and Rain O'Neill looked very effective and then the second half whenever Paddy McGrogan went on to Rain O'Neill he was a wee bit quieter so I thought tactically Armagh got it absolutely spot on from the start um, look I think the game was 50-50 I don't think either team really could have said they deserve to win or deserve to lose any more than the other mm. um, but watching it back it may look different but I think from that perspective Derry probably were slightly more efficient up front and again and Shane McGuigan they had that one player who stood up whenever it was needed and they just had that in abundance today I think it's such a pity that we can't do this all again you know that it didn't it shouldn't have went to penalties and we could have seen a replay you know that would have been amazing 
Yeah, it would have been luck, and and you know people are for, people are against it, mm. but the game has to end at some stage. And now with the content season, you know you don't have time for replays because obviously next week's round one of the yeah. um, the group stages. So look, it's the case; it has to be finished in the day. The excitement here was incredible. Mm. You know the buzz, the anticipation when it was going to extra time, and you knew whenever the free was given at the end that Rain O'Neill was going to take it to extra time because it was on the stroke of the second minute of the additional time so yeah. and that, that then the anticipation started you could see the management starting to scribble on the programme as to who they wanted to hit the penalties and it was very interesting because like Podrick McGrogan would probably be the second penalty taker after Shane McGuigan and when the free came Derry done everything they could to get him on the pitch now whether they didn't have a third sub or they'd used the three subs or the linesman couldn't get him on quick enough they were without Potty McGrogan who was one of the key men so it was just really interesting when you look at that because he would have been one of them players who would have been hitting probably second or maybe third Yeah absolutely and obviously for Derry look there's been a lot in the media over the last couple of days it's not the ideal preparation that they would have liked coming into this final No absolutely look it was something that the Derry players probably would have found very very difficult and you know the management but I thought the players dealt with it brilliantly on the pitch today um, like even coming towards the end it would have been very easy after the match today for the players to wander off and, and hide away but they didn't they stayed for photographs with kids and, and signed programmes with family and we could see them out there at the end so look difficult difficult time for everybody involved um, but today football was the winner mm-hmm. and it's Kieran Mina that stepped in to, to manage today yeah look Kieran's very experienced Kieran was actually there um, when Demi McArlean was manager so like he has been the one continuous face and voice in terms of um, coaching and you know look very unassuming you know brilliant fella and you know delighted for Kieran today because you know it was very difficult for him as well Mm -hmm, absolutely so they'll push on now to the All-Ireland series so it is Derry that will go on now to, to Group 4, Clare, Monaghan and Donegal what do you make of that group? Yeah look I suppose on the surface before today going in a lot of people would have said the Ulster winners would have had the softer group you know look and on the surface that's correct but you know look Monaghan's difficult Monaghan beat Tyrone you know that's not going to be easy you know Clare have improved they'll have learned from playing Derry before you know Donegal we don't really know what to expect from Donegal at the moment but they have had five or six weeks now to lick their wounds and go back and, and they're going to come back stronger because realistically winning the group is very very important because it just means you're straight into the knockout and you can get watching everybody else if you finish second or if you finish third there's a there's a lot to play for so I know I know there was a lot of talk about the games maybe some dead rubbers even the last game finishing second in a group is very very important because it gets you home advantage you know against a third place team so like I don't think there's anything for granted look from a supporters point of view having football every week two three games I think it's absolutely brilliant yeah and if we look at our Maz group then as well group two goal Tyrone and Westmead that is a tough group yeah that's a very tough group because you know obviously Tyrone have had time to go away you know they've had five weeks now to work on it and Tyrone are the one team that show that when they come back after defeat and not doing well they're the one team that can really turn it on you know Galway probably there with Kerry and Dublin as the, the three favourites you know Westmead obviously won the Talchin Cup last year they didn't have a great league but they're going to want to take a scalp and, and if they take one scalp and they could maybe get a draw it leaves a diff- group very difficult so mm-hmm. that for me is probably one of the toughest groups in it now um, and that's why winning the Ulster Championship to get into that other group was probably a massive prize as well as you know the anglo South Cup in itself Who are your top three at the minute? I'm putting you on the spot, on it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, you know, I think obviously we don't know enough about, you know, where Dublin are at. You know, they've yeah. looked very good. You know, at, at 
times, you know, against Derry they were they were sensational. Then obviously against Kildare, they looked like the lots and lots of things to work on. You know, Louth today I didn't see much of it, just yeah. other the result. You know, they've obviously galvanised and they'll be difficult to beat. But Kerry, you know, Galway, Derry, Dublin, Mayo, like I think now you could get a winner out of any four or five teams. Yeah. So I think Historically, there might have been two or three teams. I think that them three is probably in doubt. Maybe now to six, mm. and like you can't discount the likes of Tyrone either. You know, no, it's it's, it's just and it's great. It's yeah. great. You know, when you look at it, because there's going to be a lot of teams now. Strength and depth. Who's got the bench? You know, you've seen here today, and the worry, I suppose, for for both teams is that whenever they needed to use subs. They started to go back on to the players that they'd taken off, you know. And obviously, Rory Grugan maybe would have been the hero because he was taken off. He's put on. He'd obviously had the chance to win it, and um, they dropped short. But there was a very difficult breeze today that probably you couldn't see with all the sunshine. Um, and Derry the same. Derry took off Benny Hearn, put him on. Neil Lachlan took him off, took him on. So you know, the one thing you would say is that probably Kerry, Dublin, and Galway have more strength and depth than maybe the the Derrys and Armas and and in three games in quick succession before you get to the serious knockout stuff the strength and depth is going to be tested and the team with the biggest bench and the best bench and the most experienced bench is probably going to see out this All-Ireland and, and that's why probably Kerry, Galway and Dublin would be that wee tiny bit ahead of everybody else at the moment.